Welcome in everybody to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, the mobile version at least for the time being. It feels like we've been saying that for a while. That's okay. It goes with us wherever we are, and we are John Harris and Mark Vandermeer joining you tonight. Drew Doherty will join me in the next segment for our In the Lab discussion, which brings up a few TV shows, iconic TV shows, because there was a reunion this last week, so we talk about that, and we talk about OTAs tomorrow, so we have a lot to do in the second segment, but right off the top, my man Mark Vandermeer is here. Mark, how are you doing? And Mark, were you a a fan of the show Friends back in the day? You know, I can't call myself, you know, a total fan, but Johnny, I think it's a really good show, and it says a lot about the show that it's on about three different networks right now on a loop, right? Yep. I mean, Friends is always on. It's always on. my house on. anyways. I can promise you in my house, it's always on. And always. I got to say that I, I don't know if HBO bought it. They're going to pull it off these networks, but they own a ton of networks. And I forget who the parent company is because it's everybody right now, right? It's yeah, all right like now, one yeah. gigantic media company. But Friends is a better written show than people think. The jokes are funnier than people think. It wasn't just good looking people sitting around. They were funny. And they are funny, so I give them a lot of credit. I saw a funny um, meme, if you will, and it was a poster of them the way they are now. Like I, I guess they're sitting on the couch with the lamps, and it says, instead of friends in the same font, it says Botox. So, <laughs> look, time catches up with us all, but they look pretty good, don't they? They look pretty yeah. good. Uh, but I got to say, in syndication, this has kicked the butt of Seinfeld, yes. Cheers, MASH, I mean, you go back in the day, the Honeymooners even, I think that the only show in the history of television that can rival this in syndication is the Andy Griffith show, which still gets play in a lot of markets somehow, some way. It's the purity of it all. I don't know. I think especially south of the Mason-Dixon line, Andy Griffith still has an audience for some reason, but give it credit. I mean, Don Knotts and those guys, they were really good. I can't I can't tell you how often Friends is on in this house. Like, if we can't figure out what we're watching, yeah. an episode of Friends will go on. And this is a little tip for all you cord cutters out there. If you've gotten a streaming service like the one I have that starts with you and ends in tube TV, <laughs> you don't need to buy the set of DVDs anymore because all you got to do is just set it on, add it to the library, and you'll have every episode. Oh. I can watch any episode of Friends that I want because it's all there in my YouTube library. It's fantastic. That's one of the cool things about having that particular streaming service. So uh, that's just a, a little plug for that. But uh, I don't speak for them, so I'll, I'll move on. And that brings me to Mark. You know, we'll play Who's Better. We will always do gut reaction. Mm-hmm. But I happen to think about this one today because of what tomorrow represents, and that is another opportunity to see the Texans at OTAs. Right. And I was uh, during lunch today, getting my walk-in during lunch, and for some reason I had the phrase level of intrigue. And I got it in my head. I was like, man, I got to do something with that. I was like, how intrigued am I for tomorrow's OTA? And I was like, man, I'm pretty pretty intrigued because I think we're going to – hopefully have the opportunity to see some things we haven't seen yet. So I thought, you know what? You and I have not seen each other today. And I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. I bounce you off. It's kind of gut reaction in some sense, mm-hmm. but we change it a little bit with the level of intrigue. And so I've got a few things that are going to happen over the next, oh, I don't know, 
12 months. One we found out today won't happen for another probably eight to 10 months. Uh, but to me, it's highly intriguing. But we'll see what you have to say about that. So it's okay. called Level of Intrigue. One, eh, couldn't care less. Ten, holy cow, cannot wait. Okay. Ready? Yep. Your level of intrigue at the potential of seeing quarterbacks throw the ball for the first time at OTAs tomorrow. It's pretty high. Listen, I'm not saying that we're going to. Right. I'm just saying, what is the level of intrigue if we do get the opportunity? I mean, regardless, what's the right. level of intrigue? Because we're going to eventually see him for the first time, some some point. What's your level of intrigue seeing them throw the ball for the first time? All right, so we had some social media exclusives today from their practice, their OTA mm-hmm. session, and you saw Tarod Taylor throw the ball to Brandon Cooks. Look, I know that this time of year, we're not getting any football, so it's like the scraps from Longshank's table. We're getting whatever we can, right? And right. this was gold to see this. It was gold, Jerry. And Philip Lindsay uh, tiptoeing through the running back drill. Very, very brilliantly, I might add, for a drill. I mean, see, yep. that got me going. All right, so the yep. level of intrigue for seeing quarterbacks fill the football, 9.85. Not a full 10, but a 9.85. Right. And I'm grading on the curve because it's June 2nd, and I got to see this. Now, if it's October 15th, and we're out of practice, and I've seen a bunch of games already, right. eh, level of intrigue, seeing quarterbacks fill the ball practice, it's like one, right? Right. But right. this time of year, I haven't seen anything with this right. current bunch. So I see that. That is big to me relatively. So I'm going to go high nines. And I don't want to, I don't want this to mean something bad to the listeners out there, but there is something different about seeing it live. I've seen Davis Mills throw. Yep. I don't know how many throws. I, I can't tell you how many throws. Seen Trod Taylor take how many ever starts in the NFL. Jeff Driscoll. I mean, I've seen him since he's played at Oviedo high school. I'm like, I've seen like all of it, but seeing it live, it's just a completely different thing. Yep. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm probably about the same number. I'm at a nine and a half for that one. Okay. Last year, when we went to training camp, first of all, we had no idea what training camp was going to be all about. No idea. None whatsoever. We didn't know we were going to have training camp. Then we didn't know how you and I were going to do shows. It eventually worked out. So you could watch from your tower, uh, which <laughs> there will be a question on in just a second. And I got to watch from down below. But there was very little intrigue to me about who would start where for the most part. Mm. What is your level of intrigue as to who gets takes reps where and when at training camp? What's your level of intrigue? I want to be careful the way I say this because it's way up there as well. But I know, and you know, that we've been around here long enough. You do not overreact to anything you see in an OTA no, this or is even true. a training camp practice. My gosh. This is right? true. Very so, true. I mean, look, we've got, we go back to O'Brien's first year where, you know, starters were unveiled on opening day. Like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they Demaris Johnson. Week. Yeah. Demaris Johnson. They just picked him up over the weekend, the prior weekend. And right. there he is in the starting lineup as a slot receiver. Ultimate example of, all right, whatever. Training camp. Oh, another good example. Let's go out and get Carlos Hyde on Labor Day weekend, and he's going to start, right? right. Laramie Tunsil, obviously going to start. 
And right. I just think that anything you see in an OTA, you can't overreact to. However, I am extremely curious to see how they set up an O-line. Who's out there at receiver? Obviously, well, the quarterback situation, I can pretty much tell you what it's going to be, but you never know. And up and down the defense, I would if they actually go 11 on 11, uh, and they can't have full contact here, but if they go Correct. 11 on 11, I want to see who's in that secondary. You know, So, yeah, I've got a very high level of interest and intrigue on who lines up where as a starter. Now, there might be some injuries, and, you know, this time of year, they're being very careful with people. So that might factor into somebody stepping up into a role that they might not have on opening day. And that's probably happening a lot of places. I wrote an article today about the running backs. And I know we've written lots of articles about the running backs, but I even joked in the opening sentence, the lead, as it were, that uh, since we added a running back, I added an article about the running backs. And, you know, and I just pointed out that you just never know how all of this is going to play out once again, because, you know, here we are in early June. So anyway, it's a high level of intrigue to see who the possible starters would be, even possible. Uh Yes, and since we're talking about articles, uh, there will be another Harris 100. It just won't be on draft picks, but you'll have to figure out and wait. You have to wait and figure out what it's all about. Uh, No, it has to do with 2021 opponents. But you'll see. There'll be some some posted, and it'll be spread out. It won't be like the regular Harris 100. It'll be spread out. That said, you're right, Mark. The one thing that I always bristle at is – when I would see a tweet from a media member in Houston, oh, such and such is lined up here, such and such is lined up there. When you know full well, as the season is about to take place, you know, okay, back in the day, okay, look, Clowney's going to be in that spot. So I'm not really panicked about that, or I right. couldn't care less about that. I think with this year's squad, to me, there's just a high level of intrigue as to how it's going to all go together. And when we see it for the first time, it won't be the absolute stamp that this is the way we feel about this particular group, but it's probably going to help us answer some of the questions that maybe we have right now. How do they feel about this guy? How do they feel about this guy? How do they feel about this unit? How do they feel about this group? And I think that first time we see it, we're going to go, hmm, interesting. So my level of intrigue is very, very high at that, which leads me to this one, which kind of builds off of that one. And maybe it's the same. Level of intrigue as to who gets the Lions' share of reps slash snap count at running back this season. As far as the OTA goes this week that we'll see, the full OTA. The no, I'm talking of, full season. Oh, all right. I mean, so you're extremely high. I mean, who's yeah. going to get the snaps at running back? It goes back to that article I wrote today. We just don't know, you know, after and after seeing the Philip Lindsay, just little, little tweet video, I thought and I thought about him again. I thought, geez, a healthy Philip Lindsay could do some damage for anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Anybody would yep. love to have him healthy yep. Philip Lindsay. But I guess the same thing could be said for, you know, healthy David Johnson. And he- yes, look, look at what David Johnson did once he got over being on the covid list and concussion. You pointed this out the yeah. other day, how much of a contributor he became he was at that point you know ingram i mean what's going to happen with burkhead all these guys can play if they're healthy i think it's going to be a tough cut johnny i really do i think it's going to be real interesting but like i told you yesterday i still believe that if everybody's healthy i'd be surprised if david johnson i'm not saying he's like the only guy out there 
But if he doesn't have a very prominent role in the backfield, I'll be surprised because they know how to use. I think they know how to use him now. They feel like that. I could be yeah. wrong about this. Obviously, I could be wrong about a lot of things, but that's how I feel. So uh, extremely high level of intrigue and just seeing it this week. You know, I want to see who they feel like they need a look at. The other thing is this. These guys are all veterans. The big four or whatever you want to call them. The fab. Yeah. I don't know if they're fab. Okay. The, the four <laughs> that they have. Yes. The four guys they have, and then they got the other guys, right? But the big four they have, they're all veterans. You don't want to wear them out. You don't want to take too many risks. So as I get excited and interested in preseason games with the running backs, I'm wondering, geez, with, if you have a stud like Derrick Henry, you don't need to see him in the preseason. No. You might not even play. You might give him one carry. That's it, right? Not even. I don't even think I mess with that. You probably don't even mess with that. These guys you have to see. You They're do. veterans. You don't want to give them too much because you don't want to endanger them, but you still have to know what you have. And if you have a joint practice or a preseason game, you're going to have to send them into the line to see what they can do for you to see you still got the juice. Right. And it's going to be a tough call for them. Uh, I, I don't envy that job, but I do think they'll have choices. I really do. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Don't envy it, but I think they're going to have choices. All right. I was going to ask you, about the level of intrigue as to whether your training camp tower would be erected and be allowed. But I know that's a 10 uh, on the level of intrigue. But you said something that caught my attention, talking about joint practices. Mike Vrabel already mentioned in a press availability that the Titans would get together with the Bucks. What's your level of intrigue as to whether joint practices resume for the Texans, be it here or there, in 2021? Well, I think the Tampa Bay game, and I don't know anything. I'm just being honest right now. It feels too late going into that yeah. third week to do yeah. it. And the Bucks are already doing it, as we know, with the Titans, right? Correct. Correct. So I would, you know, let's just say for argument purposes, eliminate them. You're going up to Dallas. Are you going to practice? And please, I would love to see it. I would love to see joint practices with the Cowboys at the star. I mean, come on. Yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Sign me up for that awesome. right this second. Oh, I'm in. I want to do a radio show from there. I want the blue and white M&Ms, the blue and gray M&Ms that they have. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just fell in love with the M&Ms they have there yes. at, in their dining room. And uh, I just think it's a cool place to be. So I would love to see that. I don't know if we will. It makes a lot of sense, though, to do it. Heck, it makes a lot of sense to, like, practice with the Cowboys in that little stadium they have where they have high school games yeah, at the inside. Death Star. Or it's not yes. the Death Star. The Death Star is actually the stadium. The Star is their practice facility. And it makes sense to do it in that you'd pack that joint you know you could pack the stadium what am i saying uh but anyway green bay what about that sign me up for that again i know we were a quote just there two years ago but let's do it again let's do the bikes all right let's do the bikes let's do the practice let's go to whistling straights and tee off please <laughs> uh, <laughs> like my level of intrigue is a 10 I am intrigued as can be to see uh, if they can do this again because, well, I, there's a lot of reasons. I won't. I, I won't want to join you. Forty minutes straight. from there. Yes. So yeah, it would be it would be really cool to get back there. My level of intrigue is very very high on that. Speaking of the Packers, mm -hmm. your level of intrigue at this point of the Aaron Rodgers story, one to ten, level of intrigue is what. Five and a half, six. Honestly, I, 
I feel like there's no way he's leaving. They don't want to trade him. You and I discussed this. Mm-hmm. If they really believed in love, if you believe in love, there's so many songs. <laughs> yes. If you really believe in love, you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. You would have yeah. done it already. If you really thought he was your guy and you've had a year to look at him, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. by now, I mean, you might not know everything about him, but if he was a super duper hot shot in practice and knew the offense and you felt like we could roll with this guy, you would have traded Aaron Rodgers already and beefed up whatever else you need to beef up to make it over that NFC championship game hump. Now it might be hard to get back there with Jordan love, even if you think Jordan love is really good, but I believe, and here's the other thing, Johnny. So you're going into another season with Jordan love being your backup. When do you start him? You know, yeah. they can't play this far to Aaron Rodgers passing of the baton again can they right i mean did they think they were going to do this with hudley you know i don't know so to me (laughs) i'm serious yeah so but i clearly they drafted love higher and everything but the thing is i I just there's a minor level of intrigue there i'm eager you know i know matt lafleur a little bit i'm eager to see what he does without aaron Rodgers if it comes to that Uh, i think rogers ultimately goes back look i don't care about jeopardy right now you cannot make the money you're making on Jeopardy that you do as Packers quarterback. Okay, there's no That's way. That's correct. There's but you're no also way. you're you're also not going to have to run away from Aaron Donald or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> pass rush. <either. laughs> All you have to do is be smarmy and a know-it-all, and you get paid millions of dollars for it. So you're going to have to run away from Sean Connery and Burt Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> now, my Trump. intrigue level on this yeah. is lower than the next one. Okay, because and as I was doing my Harris 100 series, I realized, man. We we more than likely are going to face this guy. What's your level of intrigue on the Julio Jones situation? Uh, Pretty reasonably high. I would say seven and a half, eight because of the AFC South possibility. Right. I heard James Palmer talking about, oh, Indy's the perfect fit. I've heard Tennessee's the perfect fit. I heard Jim Wyatt on NFL radio saying they need pass catchers. They're, they're short. They're not there. They don't have you know what's a perfect need. fit staying out of the AFC South. That's a yeah, perfect fit. I like fit, that Julio. too. I, I mean, really, I want to see that. I don't want to see him in the AFC South. I mean, Palmer's talking about, well, this is going to rejuvenate T.Y. Hilton. No, 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 no. I don't want any rejuvenation of T.Y. Hilton, please. I've seen enough of this movie. I don't want to see any more of it. So let's keep T.Y. either in the trainer's room just for his safety yes. uh, or just not productive at all. Yeah, I don't want to see him in the division at all. So my my intrigue level for that is kind of high. And by the way, I'm still I, I haven't forgotten about this Harris 100 you're doing on the opponents. I got a feeling you're going to do top 100 players that the Texans will face. And yes. this is this is my I'll tell, I'll tell you what my level of intrigue on that is very high because I'm already thinking about who's the best player they're facing. And, you know, oh, my it's answer easy to this. It's easy. I know the best player and it's not a quarterback. I know. I know. I think we're in agreement on this. It's now, the guy I, now, thought I will tell MVP. you this. I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. It's not him either. <gasps> no, it's not is him it, either. Is it he somebody plays- who used to play her? <laughs> no, but Good. it is somebody that wears 99. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Darn yeah, it. I know. It's easy Darn to forget it. about him. Now, I will tell you, I didn't, I'm not ranking those players. But what mm-hmm. I did was I found the 100 best, and I am going to present them in their position groups. 
And okay. uh, quarterbacks should be posted very, very soon. But as I went through here, I'm like, man, there, there are some groups that are very lacking. Tight ends, man, other than the Patriots, we don't face the Kelseys, the Darren Wallers, wow. Logan Thomas. There are a lot of tight ends we're not facing. But, man, running backs and wide receivers, whew, holy smokes. And the defensive wow. linemen are unbelievable. But that is for a different day and time. Mark, you did level of intrigue very, very well. We will do that again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Coming up next, Drew Doherty in the lab. Friends, Sopranos, Collateral, and OTAs. Yes, we find a way to put all that in a segment. That's next on Texans All Access. Welcome back, everybody. This Wednesday edition of Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Earlier today, my podcast partner, my partner. See, that's easier for people in Texas to get. Yeah, it's my partner. But I put podcast and partner together, and so there you go. Hey, you know, it's a Texan thing. I guess you'll get it if you live in Texas long enough, or you are a Texan. So there you go. Well, we didn't set out on the In The Lab podcast to talk about a few things that we did right off the bat, but we did, because that's kind of where we go with the In The Lab podcast, and then we took a look at OTAs, we're going to be out there tomorrow, and getting a chance to see the guys up close and personal, and hopefully get an extended look, that would be kind of nice if we get that uh, at the squad tomorrow, so that would be fun, so we kind of talked about some of those things, and some of the things I saw at last week's OTA as well. Here's Drew and I in the lab. The good times never end when you're talking in the lab, and that's what's going on right now. It's me, Drew Doherty, and my good pal John Harris waving those jazzy hands because he's the jazziest dude I know. John, how you been, bro? What's going on? <laughs> I love it. Jazz hands. Where did jazz hands first emanate from? Was that from friends or is that just where i remember it i'm not sure man i i gotta think they got it from something yeah uh, i think so too never seen a full friends episode myself what yeah. wait hold on what do, what did you just say never seen a full friends episode i know it's a great show etc cetera, etc cetera. i just never watched it i don't know what was going on back in the like when i was in high school i really wasn't able to watch tv much in prime time just because i was always yeah like homework and studying and extra all that junk and then i got to college i didn't really watch primetime tv then and then i don't know i just i wasn't really into it I don't know. it's okay it was it was funny because there are certain shows and just certain things that you'll have this recollection based on where you were in a particular period of life who you yep. were with friends started in 1994 which is not okay earth-shattering. I mean, that's everybody seemingly that, you know, follows the show knows that. That was my first, it started the fall of 1984, and that was my first year out of college. And my wife and I would watch that show together when we were single and just going out and we watched Friends. And that was, right. so that was sort of how we connected. So we watched the series all the way through. And so one day, this was probably, I don't know, probably four or five years after the fact, a Friends episode came on and I started to watch it and I'm I just, I remember watching like 15 minutes of it. And I was at that point in pure 1560 form. And if you know anything about 1560, it was railing <laughs> against the establishment. So I'm watching like, and I'm like, this is such garbage. I can't believe I watched this, blah, 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 blah. Well, about a year later, I watched another episode and I watched all the way through and I was like, you know, this is pretty good. <laughs> wow. I really like friends. Well, then my daughter started watching it 
and it is one of her favorite shows of all time. Still holds up, huh? So, still, for some reason, still holds up. And they just had a reunion show that was on HBO Max. And oh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yes. mm -hmm. my yeah. wife and my daughter and I, the three of us watched it and it was, it was awesome. And they brought back some guest stars and, you know, it was 17 years after, I mean, it was just really interesting to see them and kind of hear the stories. And I, it was, it was really, really cool, but I totally understand it because I know for me, there were some shows I know when my kids were little that I, I just didn't watch. Like I didn't watch any of the Sopranos, like none. I see on the opposite. I've seen every single right. one multiple times. Right. I will text Sopranos jokes with your old co-host, Sean Pendergast. Well, I mean, yeah. just, I love the Sopranos. Well, that was the thing. I didn't, I didn't watch any of them. And so when we got together and we started doing our show in 2007, he would quote the Sopranos and say some things from the Sopranos. And I'm just like, man, I don't understand any, any of this. I don't like get anything that what he's talking about. I was just kind of like chuckle maybe and laugh. Like, I don't know. I don't have a clue. And so one day I came out in the air. I'm like, I've never seen the Sopranos. And of course, Sean watched them. My buddy Lance Zerline watched them. John Granado lived it. So um, <laughs> I was like, I got to watch them. So I, I binge watched after the, the summer of 2008. I binge watched and I watched the whole thing. And I was just like, I don't, I can't kind of go in depth, but I kind of get things now when they, yeah. when he brings up characters, you know, he talks about big say, T going on the boat, going boat fishing. I'm like, I get it now. You know, I'll say this. If you binge, you binge it in an entire summer. That's some heavy duty stuff to let. It's a lot. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's so rich and so vibrant, but it could get you in a dark place. If you watch too many of them in too wow. Yeah. Too close of a span. And that's that's no knock because I think it's it's I think it's the greatest show ever. But you yeah. got to kind of pace yourself. And, and yeah, I think back when it was back before pre you know pre streaming, when, when people would watch it once a week, I think that was a good, you know, a good way to space things out. Because I, like when yeah. I lived in Lubbock. I was living by myself. I was holding on by my fingernails, you know, financially. And so <laughs> yeah. like one of the things I would do the only time of the week that I had off when I was in Lubbock was Sundays, Sunday yeah. afternoons, really, because I, I had to do some stuff Sunday mornings. And I would treat myself by cooking spaghetti and watching Sopranos <laughs> and eating spaghetti Getting on a Sunday it. night. Because it, it. It, was, it was off the air by that point, or it was almost off the air. And I'd yeah. watch it on DVD, like some oh, reruns. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 So I'd watch like That's two or three. And then I'd be like, uh, this probably isn't good for my mental health. I need to probably... <laughs> like pace myself and space this out a little bit more because i'll i'll get a little too dark if, if i uh, watch too much of it's it. It, it's so it's such an interesting show but it, to my point of yeah like being in different stages of life like, totally totally i'm telling you there are some movies um i would imagine from the early 2000s probably from like 2000 to 2005 that people are like oh did you see this movie did you see this movie like nope i mean i had kids we didn't yeah. i didn't we didn't go anywhere we didn't go to movies we didn't see anything um, speaking of that span, speaking of that span from 2004, go watch a movie called Collateral. It's a Michael okay, Mann yes. movie. It's not Tom Cruise and haven't Jamie Foxx. It. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. I haven't seen it. It's really yeah, I haven't good. seen it. Really. To good. my point, have haven't seen it. It's on Amazon put Prime it, right now. You put it in that time frame, and I can promise you more than like no a TV show. Maybe, maybe I would have watched, but with kids, we just didn't do anything. I mean, nothing. So. I missed, I don't know, I can't, like, collateral. I never saw, I never saw that movie. There were a lot of movies. And, of course, then there were some that I would, we would see on 
you know, on DV, you know, you know, either DVD or at that point VHS, mm-hmm. but then taking it back to Blockbuster. This was funny. I can't remember who. Oh, it was the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens did this thing. And I saw Ohio State do it. They did a video where they took about five or six, um, you know, players. And for the Ravens, it was the rookies. And it was called, Can You Name the 90s Editions? And they would give them a picture. <laughs> and they would say, what is this? Right. And there were a few of them. They had no idea. And so they handed them one, and it said Blockbuster. And I think it was Rashad Bateman. He looked at it and went, I don't know, what is this? Like, he had no, no idea about a Blockbuster. And I'm like, we lived at Blockbuster, man. We'd had that stack of you know, DVDs or VCR tapes and go up there. And then we didn't return them for a week. So our late fees were like 45 bucks. It's ridiculous. I was the always smell of paying, the carpet like, when you walk in. Oh, Oof, oh absolutely. Getting snacks and yep. whatever else. Uh, we used to love a trip to Blockbuster. And on that note, on one of the streaming services, I'm not sure which one, there's a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. It's good it's stuff. Fantastic. I've seen it. Yeah, it's really good. It's very, very good. It's great. It's on it Netflix, I believe. That. Yeah. Watch it. I think you you're have. right. Yeah. Uh, hey, the roster has been released and we got some numbers, some number changes. I'm just going to breeze through some of these, not all of them, some of them, because that's tedious to do all of them. But like Lonnie Johnson's wearing the number one. Number mm-hmm. one hasn't been worn by Houston Texans very often. Mark Ingram's number two. To Rod Taylor's number five. Justin Reed is still 20. Number 24 is Tremont Smith. Philip well, Lindsay. Can I tell you? So, so here's my here's my here's my number 24 story. Okay. You and I have been around a bill. You've been around a little bit longer than I have. You got back, you got in there in 2009. So they're just numbers that you see and you immediately associate that number with mm-hmm. a particular person, right? Yep. So I say 24 to you, and you just immediately close your eyes and you J. go, J. yes. So the other day I'm walking down the hallway and I'm walking to my, I'm walking to the studio and I'm passing some of the guys. They're walking out to OTAs. I'm going to put my stuff down and go out to OTAs after that. And so I see number 24 and I'm like, oh man, Bradley Roby must, he's changed his number from 21 to 24. I was like, okay. And then I just, then, then I went, oh, I did the math. I was like, oh, maybe Mark Ingram wanted 21. Roby wasn't married at 21. So there you go. Roby then picks 24 in honor of J. Joe. I don't I have no idea. I'm like, this is all that's going on in my head. Have no idea. Then I get out practice and I see 21. And I'm like, wait, that's Roby in 21. And I look over and I'm like, 24 looks like a clone of 21 <laughs> that's Tremont Smith I mean it baffled me I'm like wait a second and so I'm trying to put it all together but I swear you I saw Tremont Smith in a hallway and I've seen Tremont Smith I mean I called games with Tremont Smith when he was at Central Arkansas sure. and so I'd seen him before but I'm talking build everything dreads uh, a little facial hair the exact like same like now I see them up close. Off, yeah. They look different, but as I'm walking by, I'm like, "Oh, rope changes number." And with all the number changes and all that, and of course the roster changing, um, you know, as it was, I like seeing Mark Ingram at number two. That's kind of it's kind of interesting. And that yeah, um, it back. takes twenty one. Yeah, so I I um, that that'll that'll take a second uh, to see him in single digits. It's like Cornell Armstrong. Cornell Armstrong. He's now number, number three. three. Yeah, yeah, he moved to number three. 
And so immediately I went, oh, that means Philip Lindsay got 30. And then Philip Lindsay came out a little bit later and I saw him and he's wearing number 30. So Cornell Armstrong going to three. It's the single digits that kind of throw you off a little bit. Right. Because you're just not used to seeing that on non-quarterback kickers in the NFL. And then so, some guys and some guys have changed their number. You know, like uh, I mean, this is a minor one because he hasn't played as much, but number 87 is now Kahale wearing. It's Kahale been wearing. here in Fellows the last few years, but Kahale yeah. was wearing number 81, which I've always associated with Owen Daniels. I mean, he's yeah, he's the standard at tight end for this franchise. He was a pro bowler, he was awesome. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like you see those little those little moves there. Shaq Lawson's mm-hmm. 93. And he was 90. He's he's been 90. He was 90 at Clemson. He was 90 with the Bills. He was 90 with the Dolphins. Now he's 93. And I'm just like, oh, which 90 here has been a pretty significant number. You've had Clowney, you've had Mario. Now you've got Blacklock wearing it. So, yeah, it's just uh, those are a few little tidbits that I thought I'd pass along. Give me one one thing that stood out to you last week from OTAs. Just one observation. It could be. Teeny tiny in the grand speck of things. I yeah. guess everything is if you if you're thinking relatively, uh, you know, speaking. But what what stood out to you last week? It was warm. The guys were working. What'd you see? Well, I th- one of the things um, I love the attendance. I thought the att- the attendance is great. When you talk about a voluntary situation and to see that many guys on campus, if you will, I thought that was tremendous. The second thing and. I noticed this as soon as, as I saw him, I, I knew it having seen him on film. Cause you can see a guy's, you know, butt and legs and you and I probably talked about this, but when you see Roy Lopez, like up close and personal, you're like, man, if he put you in a scissor lock, you die. Like his, his thighs are just enormous. Mm-hmm. And it's that strength that you see that he plays with and you can see why you just okay well that figures um it's number 79 Roy guys, Lopez. right which hopefully changes after some cut downs that he can get a 90s number because i i can't a defensive lineman where it's 79 i just can't get there i mean michael bennett wore 72 ray childress ray childress did wear 79 okay we're good we're all right we can i can live with that for a little bit yeah. then but i'd rather see him in a 90s number of course but not. malik collins was another one, you know, standing, you know, Malik Collins standing next to Roy Lopez. It's like, man, you look at how they're built and they're just, they're built differently. You know, that's kind of become a thing on Twitter, you know, hashtag built different. Well, dude, you're six two two fifteen. I'm sorry. You're not built different. These guys are because I guarantee you, they can't find a pair of pants that fits them, you know, on the rack. I, I can promise you that those guys are quote unquote built different, but I loved, I loved, you know, seeing that, I love the, the attention to detail as far as, you know, takeaways, things like that, really focusing yeah. on those sort of things. And I love the energy that uh, I saw from Lovey Smith, man. Lovey Smith was just, I, I don't know how he's got that energy, but he was just from one drill to the next, really involved in every drill that was going on. Um, I thought it was, it was really impressive to watch um, that situation, but they repped things over and over and over and over and over and over again, which really is what you should be doing. You should be working on individual stuff. And then you should be just repping the things that you know you're going to do the most. You should be repping those right now so they become second nature for guys that are going to be on the field. Um, And, oh, by the way, one last one would be Neville Hewitt, linebacker, formerly the Jets. Late late edition, about two, three weeks ago, the Texans picked him up. Drew, that dude would win any bodybuilding contest throughout the NFL. Oh, my God. 
I just, I was like, holy smokes, who's 43? And then, I, of course, I had to do the math and figure it out myself at that point, which I did. I, I practiced that thing. I was like, okay, that's Neville Hewitt. Holy which cow, that's, that's an interesting – he's an interesting addition because he led the Jets in tackles last year. And listen, yeah. I know if you lead a team in tackles, that doesn't mean you're the best defensive player on the team. Sure. But it's still a significant statistic, a significant enough statistic, I believe. So yeah. that's going to be something that bears watching. And obviously, you think because of Matt Bazergan's uh, time before the Texans, he was with the Jets and spent spent a good amount of time there. He is pretty in touch with what they've like, what they've seen, what they've done over the last few years. So you got to think it gets his stamp of approval, and he probably thinks it's a you know a, a nice addition of, to add some competition to the roster. No doubt. I mean, and and that's really that's really all you're trying to to do is to create. I mean, who knows whether you know Neville Hewitt's going to end up being uh, you know a factor for this this particular team. And you said it best when it comes to tackles. I've kind of gone on my little rants about tackle statistic it's just like mm, you know the the stat just doesn't always tell a story I felt kind of like that with Terrell Adams I thought Terrell had a good year but people were like oh he's had so many tackles and um, I didn't really want to like burst their bubble and I didn't want to burst Terrell's because it's like man the dude fought forever to get on a field yeah. and he did a lot of really good things but it's like man you know you get tackles for tackling guys that catch you past 10 12 yards downfield and you know, it's not always just about that. You know, is that guy, is he in the right spot all the time? Is he where he needs to be? Is he missing tackles too? Those kind of things all play a role. Um, but I think when you do lock up over 100 tackles, you have a pretty good nose for the football. And I think the one other thing about Hewitt is he got better every year with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a hugely important uh, thing to consider uh, about players. Are they getting better? every single year and i think he definitely did that when he was with the jets and hopefully the texans will be able to benefit from that well, i'll say this you came into the texans organization at a very very high level and you've only gotten better every year so i mean we're well, just I appreciate you bro john harris and i appreciate you drew doherty thank you for being part of it in lab it's one of the, my favorite things that i do during the week during the season any time of year it's always great opportunity for Drew and I to catch up on any number of things. And today it was Friends, Sopranos, and Collateral, not to mention some things happening at OTAs. Now, OTAs going on around the league, certain things happening around the league. We will address them all next as we go around the NFL right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Thank you for being with me. A big thanks to Mark and Drew for being along. And I wanted to go around the NFL, but I figured, you know what? I'm going to do it a little differently tonight. Because the 2022, gosh, time's flying. 2022 College Football Hall of Fame ballot was released today. And I didn't think, okay, it's college football. But I thought there were some Houston connections to it uh, that uh, were, were pretty Pretty cool, if you ask me. First of all, there are a lot of players that the Texans have faced in this particular class. Who remembers, uh, was it 2005 or 2006? I think it was 2005. The disaster that was the game against Seattle, up in Seattle, and Sean Alexander doing his thing. Remember Sean Alexander? Yeah, Alabama running back. He is on the list. Facing Eric Berry and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. 
greater Houston area. Michael Bishop. I want to say Willis. I could be wrong uh, in that, but I feel like that's... I think it's Willis, maybe Jasper? I could be totally wrong. Oh, it says he was born in Galveston. Oh, yeah, he went to Willis High School. Uh, So, Michael Bishop. There you go. Local connection, quarterback, K-State. To me, if Michael Bishop had come along later in his career, I think Michael Bishop would absolutely have been an NFL quarterback. He just, he was so dynamic, man. Brandon Burlesworth. My man, Clint Sterner, was protected throughout most of his career by Brandon Burlesworth, one of the great stories in college football. Uh, unfortunately, passed away before he could get to Indianapolis in a car accident, but he is also a finalist. How about this connection? I know Houston fans will hear this and go, man, he could have been ours. Reggie Bush up for College Football Hall of Fame honors. Here's another one I know Texans fans will hate hearing. Dallas Clark, Iowa, tight end. Now, I know a lot of you out there are Red Raiders. We'll see the Red Raiders in the kickoff against the University of Houston. In prime time. Can't wait. How about Michael Crabtree? He was ridiculous, man. Wow. How about a player that played at a local university, such as Rice University? This was one of the first interviews I ever did on, uh, on radio. Jarrett Dillard. Rice wide receiver, was an All-American two straight years, phenomenal career. He is up to go into College Football Hall of Fame. Ken Dorsey, I know if I said that name to Mark, he would get very, very excited about it. He was a tremendous quarterback for the University of Miami when Mark was there, when they were winning championships. Uh, the, The U was just phenomenal, phenomenal during that time. Now, there are some other names on here that you'll know. Tony Gonzalez. Cal tight end, uh, played basketball at Cal and football at Cal. Marvin Harrison. How about the fact that Dallas Clark and Marvin Harrison are on the same dadgum college football finalist listing? Oh, just hearing that. Josh Heupel, the new coach at the University of Tennessee for his years at Oklahoma. Ironhead. Craig Hayward from Pitt. Chris Hudson, who I believe, played play at Colorado, but I believe he is a Houstonian, if I remember correctly. Former Texan. Brady James from LSU played linebacker. How about this name? Former Houston product, Stratford High School, Stanford All-American, Andrew Luck is up for the Hall of Fame. Marshawn Lynch up for the College Football Hall of Fame for those years at Cal. 2006, he was the Pac-10 at that time. Player of the Year. Julius Peppers, who could have been a Texan, but no, it had to be David Carr. North Carolina. Another Texan, Zach Wiegert, played tackle, I think, here with the Texans for four years. Uh, was at Nebraska, was a phenomenal player in the early 90s. And many, many more. Go check it out. Big thanks to everybody for tonight's show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.